a description of what happened with the disciples and with Jesus and also a metaphor for all of us who find ourselves in situations we never imagined we had, would be in, situations that we never adequately prepared for. We find ourselves in this boat tossed and battered by things that we simply can't control. We've got anxiety about what comes next. We live in an anxious time. Some who thought that jobs were secure six months ago are now looking for employment. Some who had no health problems whatsoever three or four months ago have discovered that even in the midst of pandemic, things like cancer and need for hip replacement and knee replacement continue whether there's a pandemic going on outside or not. There are some of us who know friends and family members that have had a devastating diagnosis in their lives in the last few months. There are unexpected career changes. There's family turmoil. Some of you know intimately about family turmoil. Everything was fine at Christmas of 2018 and at Christmas 2019, uh, people who were fine a year earlier were yelling at each other over the turkey and the ham. And here it is, almost three-quarters of the way through 2020, and those who were yelling at one another at the end of 2019 aren't even speaking anymore. There are a hundred storms that we can find ourselves in. We are in this boat, we are battered by the wind, we don't know what's coming next and we wonder whether the boat will turn over or whether somehow we will make it to the shore. We're in this boat, we're in this boat for a hundred different reasons, but those of us who live know that living can be tough, can be brutal. We know that predicting what tomorrow holds is a fool's game. And while we must do it to keep sanity, we also know that the storm comes unexpectedly. And when the storm comes, we never quite know what's coming next. Now, I actually enjoy watching storms. There was a storm that came through this past week, and I have a covered deck on the, the back of the house, and so I was out on the covered deck and was watching the wind blowing through the trees and creating these extraordinary patterns in the leaves of the trees, and then suddenly it began to rain horizontally, and as interested as I was in the storm... I was not at all willing to get wet in order to uh, actually observe it. Um, we lost a big limb, though. The storm came. A limb fell. Something that had to be taken care of. You never know what's going to happen in a storm. I love the way that the Bible recognizes how we are whole people and how there are external circumstances things that are outside of our control that end up causing us fear and anxiety. And there are also internal things, things that are as unique as you are and I am that cause us fears. And in this story that we've looked at of Jesus walking 
to the, to the boat on the water and, and Peter asking, well, if it's really you, will you come out? And, and let me point out there are two different ways that you can read Jesus' rebuke of Peter. Uh, on the one hand, and I don't know why we do this, we often read the words of Jesus with a sternness, with almost an anger. You of little faith, why did you doubt? On the other hand, it's just as easy for me to read in this paragraph a, a Jesus who recognizes that Peter has gone beyond his comfort level, that Peter is doing something that nobody else has ever done. And, and I asked myself as I was reading this over the last several weeks, what, what would it feel like to walk on water? Is it like stepping out onto ice? What happens when a wave comes up? Do you have to balance yourself in, in odd ways? Uh, who knows? But whatever, whatever it's like, Peter had not experienced this before. And instead of the angry Christ who says to Jesus, Why did you doubt? I read it as a good-natured Jesus. Peter said, Lord, is it really you? If it is you... Call me out to come with you. Jesus says, come on. Peter steps out of the boat and he starts to do something extraordinary and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden he becomes frightened and he sinks and he cries out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And Jesus smiles and shakes his head. Did you really think I was going to let you drown, Peter? Did you really think I was going to abandon you right here and right now? Well, there's the external fear. The disciples see Jesus. They see something outside, and they say, He's a ghost. After all, if you're out in a boat, seeing someone walking along beside you is not exactly an everyday occurrence. They were frightened of the waves. They were frightened of this figure that was coming toward them. They were frightened by things that they couldn't control on the outside. Peter, on the other hand, notices the strong wind and his fear is on the inside. What have I gotten myself into? Lord, Lord, save me. Friends, Jesus comes right into the middle, the center of our complicated lives. Jesus comes right into those places where we are afraid, where we are anxious, where we wonder what is coming up next. Jesus comes right in when the disciples saw him walking on the sea. They were terrified. They say, it's a ghost. But immediately, Jesus speaks to them and says, take heart. Now, if you were reading the Greek New Testament, you could certainly translate it exactly this way. It is I. You could also say, I. I am. The God of the Old Testament who shall I say sent me to these people? I am has sent you. The God of the Old Testament, the great I am, 
has made himself known in Jesus. The one whose spirit hovered over the waters at the very dawn of creation in the first couple of verses of Genesis is now once again hovering over creation. Have no fear. Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And even in fear, there is this blessing in obedience. I love Peter's enthusiasm. You can say a lot of things about Peter. Peter gets a lot of bad press because he jumps into things without thinking them through, like many of us. But Peter says, really, is it you? If it is, command me to come to you on the water. Come on, Jesus says. And so Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and he came toward Jesus. He walks, but he's afraid. One of the things that is beautiful about the 66 books we call the canon of the Bible is that there is this collection, the book of Psalms, 150 of them, that the whole range of human emotions from fear to joy to doubt to trust, all of these emotions come in the book of Psalms and in in many parts of the world and in many seasons of Christian history and Jewish history, the men and women of Christianity and Judaism would have known, if not all of the Psalms by heart, they would have known most of the Psalms by heart. And so, when Peter walking on the water begins to sink, when he sees the wind and the waves, Immediately, he cries out. Now, interestingly, he cries out on the one hand, as anybody would, Lord, save me! But he cries out in a prayer that would have been right there in his prayer book. It would have been right there as one of the prayers that he would have known and have learned. The prayer that we know is Psalm 69. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters and the flood sweeps over me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. Jesus, walking on the water, says, I am. I am the second person of this triune God whose spirit hovered over the waters in creation and who still has authority over the waters today. I am. And Peter, as he sinks, cries out to I am using this prayer that he would have known, this prayer from Psalm 69. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I am weary with crying. My throat is parched. One of my favorite commentaries on Matthew, one of my favorite commentators on Matthew, points out that in Matthew, 
there is this idea of little faith. The word there for little faith occurs four times. It only occurs five times in the Bible. And four of those are used in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew believes that little faith is saving faith, that little faith is the faith that Christians often bring. And I love what he has to say about this particular passage. He says, God's help does not mean that faith, bright and unthreatened, eliminates life's storms. Once again, faith is little faith. That is, for Peter, the mixture of courage and fear, of listening to the Lord and looking at the wind, of trust and doubt that according to Matthew remains a fundamental characteristic of Christian experience, of Christian existence. That doubt is a part of faith, is important to him. As the repetition of the word in the last text of 2817 shows, if, if you've ever read the Gospel of Mark and paid attention to all the little notes at the end, the Gospel of Mark reads and ends very strangely with people kind of running away. There were a lot of people in the early church that weren't very happy with that particular ending of Mark. And so in a couple of places, we have additional endings that are possible for the book of Mark. The book of Matthew ends in a beautiful way with the disciples back with Jesus once again as he promised and he is, he is issuing this great commission, go into all the world, baptizing and teaching in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And right there in that paragraph, in that passage, as the Gospel of Matthew is coming to an end, we find this. When the disciples saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. We live in this world where we're in a storm-tossed boat. We live in this world where we can't predict what's going to happen to us and what we think next Friday is going to look like may change completely by Wednesday afternoon. We sometimes feel from the outside like there are forces that are beyond us that are controlling what the rest of our lives will look like. And sometimes it's just on the inside. We're anxious. We're tired. We have faith, but alongside that faith, we hold doubts. We have a kind of strength, but along with that kind of strength is an acknowledgement of weakness. We recognize that the figure that is walking out there on the water might be a ghost, but it might also be the figure of Jesus. For all we might say about Peter, Peter absolutely wants it to be the Lord. And Peter says, if it's you, tell me to get out there. And Jesus says, come. Now, I, I've 
feel like this for Peter is kind of a one-time deal. I feel like, I feel like the, the rest of human history, people have not expected to walk on water. This is one of those instances that historically is not repeatable, even though I as a six-year-old or seven-year-old certainly tried to repeat it, and I am absolutely certain that I'm not the only one who has tried to repeat it. But the difference is that when... Peter asked, Jesus said, come. Jesus gave the command. Peter wasn't just trying to do something to show his faith. He wasn't just trying to do something marvelous, unusual. What Peter was doing was obeying the word of Jesus Christ. My invitation to you is a version of Nike, just do it. My invitation to you is just try it. Just try it. Figure out what Jesus is actually telling you to do. Actually inviting you to do. There are a couple of imperatives that we find in the Gospels. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. I can be bossy sometimes. A friend of mine told me yesterday, he lives up in northern Kentucky, he said, I've got COVID and I'm going I'm, I'm to be quarantined for two weeks. And being bossy, I said, don't waste your quarantine. Do something with the next two weeks as much as you are able to. Have you always wanted to learn how to cook a gourmet breakfast? Why don't you watch YouTube, and if that's what you've wanted to do, don't waste the next two weeks. Have you always wanted to read the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Now's as good a time as any. There's always something to do. There's always some way we can obey the commandment to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, there's always some way we can love our neighbors, even if from seven feet apart. The governor says six feet. I figure if six is good, seven is better. God is calling us. We have the opportunity to be obedient to the call of God, even in the midst of the waters that are turbulent, tumultuous. We have the chance to be obedient to God even when life has been turned upside down. God's not promised us that the boat will never rock. But if Jesus says, get out and walk to me, He's not going to leave us on our own if Jesus says to you go and love go and serve don't let this idea die without at least trying it make the most of the moments that you have God will be in that and so today dear friends just try it 
Those things Jesus has been calling you to, those things that Jesus has placed on your heart, those things that the Holy Spirit has been whispering in your ear, even if your boat is rocking, try it. And God will be with you in that intersection between faith and doubt, strength and weakness, joy and sorrow, fear and courage. Just try it. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.